All right. Welcome to the It City podcast. I want to give a big thanks to my sponsors, Nashville City Lots. If you're looking for good real estate, downtown Nashville, NashvilleCityLots.com. No better place to do it. Summit Funding. If you're looking for home mortgages, Summit Funding uses creative ways to get you new, awesome financing for your home. If you're thinking about buying a new home, check out SummitFunding.com. Also want to give a big shout out to SidePilot. Huge sponsors. Great music. Check them out on iTunes, um, Spotify. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, great music. Great guys. Check them out. And we are off. It City Podcast. This is the first episode for the It City Podcast. We're broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, a, a city that's received a lot of attention um, over the course of the last couple years. And this podcast is designed to examine the culture that we're dealing with in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, it's it's kind of acquired the name It City, which is why we've chosen to go that route with the name of the podcast. But um, we're going to be talking about all sorts of different stuff um, as it result as it kind of uh, deals with culture of Nashville, whether it's uh, sports, politics, uh, news, anything, art. We're, we're all over the place, and we like a lot of different stuff. Um, tonight, we're going to be dealing a lot about uh, dealing with March Madness, because that's the big thing in culture tonight, and I've got uh, two big-time guests. You'll get to know them very well, I'm sure. Um, Ryan Combs is a student, uh, a master's graduate student at Belmont University, um, works with sports administration, very closely uh, works with uh, lots of student athletes and in the Belmont department, uh, really, really helpful guy, uh, one of my very, very good friends, and uh, the other guest we have is Josh Soloway, dynamic uh, young young gun who is, uh, he knows he's going to be our stats guy for tonight in terms of college basketball, um, works at Ethos Church. Um, with their Onward uh, church planning uh, department, and uh, check him out on Instagram as well. He's got a lot of good stuff to share with us, and we've got to give a big thanks to our uh, producer, Cody Hunter, who is a, a dynamite guy. Let's go ahead and, and get started. Um, first topic for tonight, we're going to talk about uh, basketball, but specifically Nashville basketball. Yikes. I want to <laughs> yeah. talk about Vanderbilt. We're going to get to Belmont. We're all Belmont guys in this room. So we love Belmont, but I want to get to Vanderbilt first. Yeah, I haven't seen them a lot this year, but I know that they made the tournament, at least in the playoff play-in game. Uh, Ryan, you've seen them play a few times this year. Talk to me about what you've seen, and, and then you saw the game last night. I, I, I watched it as well, so we'll, we'll and, talk about that. And also, remind, what did you do at Vanderbilt? Because you were close to That's their true. sports program, too. Sure. So with my grad program at Belmont, uh, have to do some internship opportunities so i've interned at vanderbilt in a couple different departments in their athletic department so i've got to literally i get to be courtside for a lot of the games doing marketing things like that so i got to watch vanderbilt quite a few times this year and uh huge expectations coming in the year i think they were definitely top 25 maybe even top 20 preseason uh two seven footers on their team a pretty good shooters coming back young team but they had a good core uh did they have any senior leadership on the team so, jun- sophomore, junior really was their biggest leadership. Yeah. Uh, I think they had some seniors, but not a ton of playing time. Uh, but they just never built up to it. I mean, it's it, right. nothing. not right. to say that's always how it happens, because they've had great teams at Vanderbilt. 
but they just could never live into those expectations that kind of came up this year. So when it comes to Vanderbilt basketball, uh, <laughs> specifically the men's, especially this year, from what I saw, they they had the talent. Yeah, they sure. couldn't. They had the talent on paper. They couldn't get it going on the basketball court, and they lost to Wichita State. And honestly, I watched the game. They were never in it. I have to wonder if if Stallings is going to be back. When you think about the SEC, I I mean, what a down year. And then to lose to Tennessee in the SEC tournament, where's the focus of your team? And and not that Tennessee was a bad team, but truthfully, like— They weren't very good. Vanderbilt (laughs) had—Josh is a big-time Tennessee fan. Um, I try to be as unbiased as I can. Tennessee was was not very good this year. (laughs) And so when they beat Vandy, I mean, all of All Nation was relatively shocked. Maybe even the team itself. You know, no one really expected to see that. And to me, it just shows a lack of focus— a lack of buy-in to Stallings, or maybe that they're buying into the wrong, the wrong thing. Yeah, by buying into Stallings. I'd be surprised if Stallings is is here two years from now. I think he should have been gone two years ago. Honestly, it's but. so hard because I mean Stallings has been there for right. How long has he been there? The tradition. The, maybe we should check that. You're a stat check, man. Check the stats. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I, but he has. I don't remember. I time can't when he think of Vanderbilt there. basketball without Kevin Stallings right. and Memorial Gym and shooting threes like. That seems to be Vanderbilt basketball to me. But they have a big man, Damian, Damian Jones, who the guy will play in the league. Like, seven-footer, thick, athletic. Every time I watch him, I'm like, this dude could dominate any game. Go to him, go to the paint, go hard. And every game, he'll do that like three times. And then we just go back to shooting threes. That's a coaching coaching issue. And you think about playing Tennessee. Their tallest player is six seven, so you wonder how could they not just absolutely do whatever they want down low. Stallings has been there since nineteen ninety nine, so he's been there for wow, seventeen, 17 years. years. I mean, that's serious. Okay, well, Stallings, uh, you've got your your face on a couple buildings here in Nashville, but I don't know if you're going to be able to stay. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, let's talk about the Belmont girls first. Huge year for them. Maybe the most. Uh, like, I it most, has. Has to be the most saying. successful Belmont girls team of all time. This this coach I think has done a, a really good job. Um, I didn't watch a lot of them, but I just I mean, I, and I don't even have a lot to say about them in general uh, with the tournament because I think that women's basketball is uh, very. F- Okay. No, no, no. I like women's basketball. I don't watch it a lot, but I'm very proud of what Belmont did. I knew a lot of the girls um, on the team when I was there, and I respect their work ethic and the things they do. I don't know a lot about them, but I'm very proud that they were there. I'll say this. They're an exciting women's team to watch. Yeah. Uh, They have a freshman in Darby (laughs) Maggard, point guard. Uh, She was top player. She was a top 100 recruit in the country. Uh, this past year is that came right? to Belmont, yeah, top one hundred recruit, and killed it. Like wow. the girl is a baller. So you really think? I think what separates a lot of the women's team is do you have a playmaker? And a lot of teams don't, unless you're like a UConn or Notre Dame. She's a playmaker, and they have a lot of great three point shooting. You have a six four, six five center. They have potential to win a couple games, make the NCAA tournament. They play Michigan State tomorrow. So what seed are they? We'll see. They ended up getting a 13 seed. They're playing the nice. four seed Michigan State, but it's at Mississippi State because Michigan State couldn't host for some reason. So it'll be a pro Belmont crowd because yeah. Mississippi State doesn't want to play Michigan State. 
I heard you so. were going to the game, Combs. Is that correct? I'm not going to the game. Mm. Well, well, I'm sorry. Um, as far as as far as Belmont goes, uh, congratulations to the girls. We're very proud of you. Let's move to the boys. This is fresh on our minds. I'm. It's fresh on our minds, our hearts, on our. It's very all too souls. familiar. It's yeah. too familiar it's of too, a feeling. We we just got time. done. We're we are recording this on a Wednesday night. We just watched Belmont fall to Georgia in a game that was very very close for winnable. For, very winnable. I mean, we had guys making plays down the stretch, getting within two three points, and we just couldn't close the gap. I feel like that's the story for Belmont basketball when it comes to postseason play. Yeah, absolutely. It, it felt like all four years I was there, it was kind of the same story. We've got the shooters, and we can always hang in the game. Yeah, There was no deficit that was too large. I remember being down by like 15 to Georgetown, and, and we would come back, and that's just what we did. Yeah. But when it came time to close the gap, to make the shot that was going to tie the game or get the lead, we couldn't do it. Tonight, watching us against Georgia, there was a moment where one of our guys got absolutely posterized we go down by seven or eight points and it feels like it's over with five minutes to go but then what does Belmont do what they always do they get within three points but you know I was saying to Daniel earlier that three-point deficit might as well have been 30 points because there was just no getting past that deficit so it's I know it's frustrating for us and it's certainly frustrating for coach Bird who's just a legendary coach and and you want to see him get rewarded um, for the genius that he is uh, with the X's and O's but we just can't get over the hump don't know why yeah Played really well in a lot of tournament games, um, as you might know. But again, you know, it ended up gonna miss Bradshaw. Uh, gonna miss Bradshaw. Yeah. What a what, what a guy. I mean, he was hustling to the. I mean, it was really fun to watch how yeah. hard he hustled. That you game. talk about just the attitude that he brought to the court all swag four years shop. as a <laughs> swagshaw. There you go. Hashtag swagshaw. Um, as a freshman, even you saw him coming in totally. like expecting to make like twenty-five foot threes. Nashville's big, own big deal. CPA guy. Yes, CPA guy. Um, Nashville dude. I I was there for his visit. You know, um, when he visited the program and was like, "Who is this little guy who's like yeah. coming in here?" And then like, you know, they had the game um, when when they bring recruits in, they'd play like five on five after practice, and he's like pulling up for big threes <laughs> in transition. You're like. Okay, well, I guess this guy is uh, really feeling it. Last thing I'll say on, on Belmont, I really feel good about McLean, our freshman point guard. Oh, my Man, gosh. Man, he's so smooth. He's smooth. I look forward to he's watching him. He's posterized a couple people this year, too. He's Oh, man. So naturally gifted. One of the the best recovery speed athletes I've ever seen live. I, I mean, you watch this guy live. And, and he, he's usually, Coach Bird wants his point guards to be guarding the length of the court. And typically that can be tough if you're one-on-one guarding you know, a point guard because they're going to do a couple moves and get by. This guy can keep up with you. And like even if you know the point guard gets by him, he's like just so fast. His recovery speed's amazing. Belmont's got a big-time future. Um, Agreed. Great and, and we get Brad's back. We get Brad's. The efficiency of Brad's is going to be huge there next year. OBC you talk about year. efficiency. I, I saw a stat earlier. He is number one field goal percentage all time in CA Division One. That's unreal. All time, fourteen and fifteen. Getting him back is huge. Getting him back. He's he's such an unorthodox player. I love him. Uh, incredible, <laughs> incredible player. He's he's phenomenal. Very very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, talking about Belmont basketball. Talking about Vanderbilt basketball gets me thinking about basketball in general with Nashville with its city. We've had the 
SEC conference here the past two years. I think we've had a really phenomenal turnout. I'm wondering, is Nashville the type of place that you could really get going with the basketball culture? Is it is Nashville the type of place that could really support uh, regional games um, and, and maybe someday, dare I say, a Final Four? I mean, do we have that type of potential? Well, I mean, we hosted a women's Final Four uh, yeah. a couple years ago. I know it's different crowd-wise. Uh, I mean, Nashville still, you think the South, you think college football. But absolutely, I think it's definitely able to host a, a regional, a Sweet 16 Elite Eight, uh, fairly soon. I mean, Louisville's hosting one this year. So I see no reason why Nashville is not even more prepared than Louisville is. I, I think the big deal with Nashville's infrastructure, can we support it, like, you know, at our current capacity right now, we don't have enough hotels weekly yeah. to support. But uh, I, I was looking and thinking about this earlier. We do have uh, a bid for 2018 to bring regional regional games to Nashville. I, sh- I think that would be amazing. I mean, who wouldn't go? Of the people in this room, like, we'd all try to get tickets and try to be there. I agree. And, and just the buzz around Nashville, people would want to come to Nashville. I feel like Nashville is one of those cities where if you're having events, like the whole city feels it. And the downtown's perfect. Like, who wouldn't? Downtown's great. Bridgestone Arena, um, Broadway with all the stuff going on there, you know. River. It's the, nice. Yeah, the Cumberland River. Then you got the stadium, the walking bridge, like all this stuff. I think tourists love Nashville. I mean, obviously, we're its city for crying out loud. But as far as sports go, I think the success of of Belmont in the recent years and then you know overall just the program history of Vanderbilt the way that uh, Kevin Stallings has I mean honestly he's we talked bad about him I guess um, the job he's done the few past few years but he's done a great job in terms of building I mean, a program yeah he's falling short of his own standard in a sense we, we think Very, he's doing yeah, bad great because point, of how point. how good he's he's been doing in the past so great yeah. point I mean, Nashville Sports Council, they've done an incredible job of bringing sport venue experiences here, whether it be the bowl mm-hmm. games, SEC tournament. I mean, they locked up the SEC tournament for 11 of the next 12 years. Incredible. It was like, insane. Whoa. That's absolutely insane. The only it, thing I hate about so it is excited. how many UK fans make their way over to this great <coughs> state of Tennessee. Mm. It hurts to see all that blue. That is actually extremely painful. Well, let's not get into That's Kentucky. It's Just, hard for me. Yeah, yeah. It's That color blue is, is horrendous. <clears throat> Beautiful. We're, we're going to dive deeper now into March Madness in general. We're, uh, I, I want to bring to surface something that's gotten a lot of attention in the media recently, and that's the committee, their selections, kind of Yikes. the little, the little uh, uh, I don't know even what to call it, mistake that they had with uh, releasing the bracket early and, and that kind of thing. The CBS you know, show is, is – <laughs> putting you know talking about this big deal they're they're revealing the show and everybody already has it on their computer here's my thing about the committee selection the, the one thing that stuck out to me most were the one seeds versus the two seeds i have a hard time believing that virginia granted their strength of schedule was amazing i get that how does virginia or oregon get a one seed over michigan state who is the number two team in the country? That doesn't even make sense. The numbers don't add up. That's that's my that's my big thing with with the committee. That there are some teams that got in. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten in. Maybe they should have. I you know that part is like. But when we're talking about the best teams in the country, the best four teams in the country, 
let's get that right. Michigan State. I think I think they just wanted Michigan State and Virginia to be in the same bracket so that, that Michigan State could beat them again. Yeah, that's, it seems that goal. way. And if it goes the way that I would assume if, if we're buying into the conspiracy, that would set up a North Carolina-Michigan State Final Four and oh, potentially a Michigan State-Kansas championship, which definitely everyone wants to see. But yeah. Michigan State being a number two seed makes no sense in any world. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's it's funny because like Michigan State as a two seed really got a better road than North Carolina as a one Easier seed. Road, Kansas yeah. as a one seed. Absolutely. Uh, even Virginia as a one seed. So as as weird as it is that they didn't get a one, I feel like Tom Izzo should be like, I'm actually kind of no, I think, well, I think Izzo is saying that. Too. I mean, would you rather see a number one Virginia seed or a number two Xavier or a number two Oklahoma? I mean, at all those, you're like, yeah. I think I'd – I'll go Virginia. So he gets to sell that they've been underappreciated and they have a chip on their shoulder to totally. his team. Yeah. And they have the easiest path. While playing weaker competition. Like, right, right. What? And there, honestly, there's one coach in college basketball who does a better job coaching his team in tournament time. Coach Cal. Uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, we'll go back and edit that out. Uh, Tom is a phenomenal coach Incredible. when it comes to tournament time. Every single team he has ever coached, freshman to senior, if you go to Michigan State, you're going to go to the Final Four. Absolutely. That is an amazing stat. It's an amazing stat. And I, one of the things that I love about Michigan State is Tom Izzo, but the other, like, you got to talk about Denzel Valentine. Let's talk about players here. Like, this is a guy who's, I think, probably going to get player of the year. I think he should get player of the year. I think he's been phenomenal all year. How much left does he have to prove in this tournament? Like, what would what would a championship do to his draft stock? I mean, the guy is what he's six foot six. He yeah, plays. What's he projected as? Is he an NBA as, player? At the next level. I think like, he, I know talent wise he is, but like fit and everything, is he like an NBA? He's player? He's got to be an NBA player. If Draymond Green can go in and make an impact, you know, and it, he was drafted second round. We're talking about a Michigan State guy who a lot of people coming out. They didn't expect too much from Draymond Green because he's too small to be a power forward and too slow to be, you know, a three guy, wing guy. But guess what? He changed the position. Draymond Green has changed the position because he works hard and he has like just this swagger about him that's like he's gonna take anyone on. And Denzel Valentine, honestly, he's got that same thing. He can shoot the he can shoot the mid range jumper for NBA. I think he easily can shoot that he's going to extend that range to three he's a guy who also rebounds he's an underrated passer i i like denzel valentine as a player i think he's got a lot to prove um, but he's projected at the two in the nba right how which does is, that i'm just interested in how, how that translates besides school and kind of grittiness how is he similar at all to draymond green as far as position wise i think or it, are we just trying to go into that because they're both michigan state what's well, it's a size thing they they're both I think it's similar because they're both in a situation where their position doesn't quite fit their skill set. Yeah, he's 6'6", 226. Right. At a two guard. I, there's a, there's going to be a guy. ton of twos who he can't guard. In the yeah. NBA. Okay, he won't be able to guard him. But then there might be a lot of two guards who can't guard him as totally. well, you know, um, being able to body guys up. And, and he's a lot quicker than he looks, too. And I think on the Draymond Green train of thought, just the mismatch of it all, you know, Draymond. Ooh, that hurts. Draymond Green at the four spot, you know, and some thought would say, well, Draymond Green's out at disadvantage, but it turns out actually right. an advantage when you go small ball. So do you think the same thing for, you know, Denzel Valentine when he's at the two? You go big. I don't know. Okay, Combs, who's your player 
to watch in this tournament. He's got the most most to most to prove, most to win, most to lose. Who's your, who's your, the one player you think's got the most to prove out there on the court during this tournament? I feel like most to prove in a sense of he can really make himself shine. It's Chris Dunn at Providence, point guard. People say he's one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the country. Say right. him and Tyler Eulis have been the argument all year. Yeah, uh, He's bigger than Eulis. He's an NBA guard. He's in a spot to where if they can win their first game and then get to North Carolina, that's going to be a national stage. He can really show, hey, I'm a, I'm legit. I came here to – yeah, like I'm definitely NBA I mean, ready. that's a guy whose draft, draft prospect can skyrocket. He's he already – He's already top 15, I think. Uh, but, I mean, after I mean, you put him on a national stage, if he can have a big game, I mean, I think he could go big. I mean, there's obviously a couple more, I think, but I think he's got a lot to – I like that player a I lot. I think he can – I think, I think uh, he's got a ton A to lot prove. to gain from the NCAA tournament. Soloway, where, where are you at? Player who's got the most to prove um, – who, who's going to show up on, on tournament time? I think to state the obvious, um, Buddy Heald, um, in terms of draft stock, I think he's got a lot on the line. No if kidding. he can, <laughs> yeah. if he can prove to be a clutch player when it matters most, if he can keep his three point shot percentage up, I think this is this is when you see three point shot uh, percentages drop. Is when it comes tournament time and defenses are really focusing in on primetime players. So if he can keep his performance up the way he has all season, I think you see his stock rise. Maybe you're even talking about getting into the top three, top two conversation. Um, also, I just saw um, the shot he hit in the tournament. It yeah. didn't count. He made it. It, it did count. It, it, it didn't count, it should it, have went. now photos yeah, have, yeah, yeah. are revealing it, that it actually it. got they out of his hand. They reviewed it, but it was definitely, I mean. Think about that. Think about they, legacy there. Yeah. How different it is that that shot actually gets to count the way it should have. But I totally agree with Buddy. Yeah. I love this kid's game. I, I mean, the game winner he hit against Texas, that move. Whoa, huge! Like that's a pro. That's a pro move. The game against Kansas that went into you know several overtimes was amazing as well. And you know what's been refreshing for me this year in college basketball? It hasn't been all about the freshmen. Yep, that's yeah, been fun. That's been big. Um, if anything, uh, the freshman uh, Ben Simmons, he's kind of turned out to be. He's an incredible talent. Kind of seems to be a little lazy. It's been fun seeing a senior like Buddy Heald like come out and bring the passion and the heart and the cur. Like you just see such grit and such fight and players like him. That, that's exciting. Well, that's a thing that happened. You know, Oklahoma played LSU earlier this season, and when great the, game when you know the game got close, you saw Buddy rise up. Say, I'm gonna be the man. I'm totally. gonna be the alpha dog. I'm you know if it's one on one, I'm gonna be the guy. And guess what? Ben Simmons didn't really chase the ball. He didn't. He didn't score a lot. Like Buddy's going down, making big plays, scoring, and Ben Simmons is nowhere to be seen. Sticking with the draft and staying on Ben Simmons, I think that's something to think about. I mean, sure, you can't fight his raw talent and his size and his skill, absolutely. But we've seen the last month. It seems like there was no will to win, like at all. And obviously, I don't think the LSU team really liked him. I mean, one of the is is that a is is that a body language thing that you're picking up or one of the, I can't remember if he was a, I think he was a junior. He says we have a lot of talk and not much action in this locker room, which wow. I mean, a lot who of else talk is that going to be yeah. about? Ben right. Simmons says I'm the best player in the nation, hands down. And then what? I mean, think about that going to the NBA. If he's a top three pick, which he will be, right? He's not going to go to a one. good team at all. So if you see this, you see how he acts in a losing environment. 
he's gonna go to a losing environment in the NBA at least Be- for a little best bit. Best case How scenario. How can you handle that? Best case scenario for Ben Simmons is he doesn't go number one. He drops to number two or number three. Celtics, you know, with that Brooklyn pick, get him, or maybe even Minnesota. You Be know, great like, on the Celtics. Can you, can you imagine him on the Celtics or Minnesota? Where do the 76ers take him? Golly, no, if the 76ers the have the opportunity the to take him, where any number one pick, then goes he's to done. Die. We'll ne- we'll never see him again. Right. Um, the player that that I think of when I'm I, and there are a lot out there. Obviously, I talked a lot about Valentine already. I think that Brandon Ingram from Duke could move up from that number three, number two to the number one if he has a string of really, really good games. I don't think that he's better than Ben Simmons as a talent, but just on what I've seen this year, Ingram, I mean, Ben Simmons shot three, three threes all year, just three. Is that really the number? Like in the NBA today, like do you really want to take a number three guy who's only shooting or a number one guy who's only going to take three shot three shots from three this whole year and, and he picks a program that's you know is not going to be competitive. I think Brandon Ingram, if he comes out and has a couple really good games that could push Ben Simmons and, and honestly, like I already said, I think that that could be better for him. How does he project the NBA Ingram? Ingram is going to be a two three type guy. You're not going to see him at four, even though I think you know size wise, like length, his length is incredible. He'll bulk up because he, he, he kind of reminds me of Anthony Davis, not in style of play, but the frame, that really yeah, lean huge. frame. But once you add some, yeah, once you add muscle uh, to him, he could be a, a lot of people have, to be have looked with. at him as like a Kevin Durant style frame, absolutely, where it's you know long, link, lanky, but obviously he's not nearly the shooter that Durant was, and and offensively is very limited and defensively is limited and he doesn't rebound at all so you have to keep him at kind of a two but uh you know nba is going to change that for sure so i i think that the players is what's going to really create the story here for this team um or for this for this year's tournament we're going to move into um talking about our individual teams we're, we're all fans here we all know who we love who we We've talked about Belmont, and we're all Belmont guys first, I think. I, I've seen that firsthand in my own life. I'm a Belmont guy first, but I grew up loving Duke basketball. Okay, I started playing basketball in like fourth grade, loved it. I went to I went to the store and picked up a you know a, a Belmont or a, a NCAA basketball. I was like, I gotta, you know, if I like basketball, I gotta play basketball on my PlayStation, obviously. And um so Duke basketball, I'm seeing them. I'm seeing them out in the second round against Baylor. They just they haven't impressed me. I mean, that's I don't know well, what more to say. They're not. They haven't been super impressive, but also the depth. The depth is a huge huge issue. But uh, Combs, you have a little something to be excited about. We're all kind of talking about over the last week or so how Kentucky is kind of hitting their stride, specifically Jamal Murray and, and that Uless backcourt. <laughs> Watching Jamal Murray shoot a jump shot, it is, it is too pure. And I, as a Vol fan, I seriously, I, I cannot stand Kentucky in, in any way. I'm almost upset that I'm looking at you, Ryan, right now, <laughs> just knowing who you cheer for. Yeah, but Ryan's a Kentucky fan, and it's it absolutely is terrible because the only thing more annoying than a Kentucky fan. Well, is a Kentucky fan on the podcast with you? Oh my gosh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's absolutely. so. Murray, though, all the bias in the world, I still can't deny Murray is just 
So silky smooth. Silky. I can't wait That's to see him in the NBA. Silky. That's I cannot the word. wait to see him. He, he definitely has that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, like just pure shooter vibe. I can't wait to see him on the next level. But anyway, with, in regards to the tournament, what do you got? Yeah, I think Kentucky has a really rough draw. Uh, really more in the sense of, yeah, Stony Brook's a tough game. I think I think it'll be close. I think they'll win. I just think I don't think Tyler Ulis will let that team lose in the first round. Uh, Indiana, I think the name makes me nervous more than the team mm-hmm. and the coach Tom Crean does. What's what's the what's the the basement and the ceiling for this UK team? Give me the basement. And basement give me is they could not rebound well. Big men get in trouble. We don't hit from three, and Stony Brook beats us. You think that, which could you happen? Think that could happen. Okay. I don't right. think it will, but our big men can easily get in foul trouble, and which happens a lot. And I mean, you just have a cold shooting night. Right. And Stony Brook plays lights out. I mean, ceiling, I mean, I think they could win it. Like, I think they could win the title. Uh, it's, it's a lot, but I don't see why they have any crazy of a shot than anybody else out there. I would have said right. Final Four. I, I, I think if they meet Michigan State, I just, I'd be really, really surprised they could pull off Michigan State. But I definitely think your bracket is winnable. North Carolina, to me, <laughs> oh, is not yeah. an impressive one seed. Oh. I mean, they deserve the one seed. Don't get me wrong, but they just seem—they're not consistent enough. I'm not bought in on them yet. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State, absolutely, that'd be a hard matchup, uh, and we'd have to play really well, like an overall game. Big men would have to stay out of foul trouble, get points, get rebounds, and our guards, would, Murray, would have to continue to shoot. Murray's went 12 games. His past 12 games, he scored 20 points or more. 12 games in a row doing that—it's insane. Uh, so I mean, if him and Ulysses are shooting well. And we just get rebounds out of our big men. They don't even have to do everything, but just rebound. I think they have a shot against Michigan State. Absolutely, and, they're the underdog. And stating the obvious, Calipari, man, he he's, wins. He's, comes might, tournament time. This might be his best coaching job. Like, in terms, I mean, I just feel like the way he's taken this team that really underachieved at the beginning of the season and then, like, turned them around and now they're playing phenomenal. Like, I think that has to do with coaching. And, and how often do we find ourselves saying Kentucky's in the Elite Eight? They're always there. And so then you look we at don't want to say that too much. We, I hate and, it. and I never say it, but I hear other people saying it, and then I, I ignore them but also embrace it. They're telling the truth. All the time they're in the Elite Eight. And looking at Xavier, North Carolina, the, the teams that stick out to me on their side, I'm like, I like Kentucky, though. Yeah. I like Kentucky I like over Kentucky. them. They, they walk with confidence. Calipari coaches with confidence. He teaches them how to play hard, hustle hard. And how often are they clutch come tournament time? Yeah. I, I almost struggle seeing them lose on that side of the bracket. And as much as it's – no one was happy that they got a four seed. It almost makes them. I mean, I don't know if you saw the interview Cal did when he was. That's they were asking the about the four it. seeds. Fine, they're not happy. Though. <laughs> the four seed is so. Fine. Just as we were saying, the four seed is great. But in what the I'm SEC. saying, but what I'm saying I'm with that, they lost just eight as games. Michigan State. Like, come on, just as Michigan State now has a chip on their shoulder, even though no. they shouldn't have. Calipari is doing no. It. Calipari is a marketer, and he's marketing to his own squad. He Absolutely. is deceiving them. He knows they deserve a four seed. There may have been some other seeds that were messed up. Kentucky was a four seed if I've ever seen one. They underperformed in a terrible conference. Beginning they got what of the they year, deserved. they did. That, but that matters. <clears throat> the beginning of the year has to matter. Like it's relevant. They underperformed. They're a great squad. I'm comfortable with them as a four. They should be happy with the four seed. Yeah, They're going to dominate. Not? They got talent. They're fine. And I don't think they're going to dominate. i got to be careful with what I'm saying. Yeah, there. I love but, hearing know, Josh say Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Cal does, so, Cal's a great coach away. come tournament time. I just want to hear that. He is. Okay. Yeah. I love it. No, There's no, no bi- more we're trying that. to We're trying to eliminate the bias. 
And I as a it. huge Tennessee fan, I, I take pride in being able to eliminate my bias. Okay, we're talking about your team. What's Tennessee doing this postseason? I know that that's tough. Okay, I, that's tough. I well, want to know where they're. I don't. Here's are they the in deal. The NIT or are they? What are they? They, they didn't make the NIT. Losing record. Um, CBI. In, in some ways, they lived up None to. Of that from you. In some ways, <laughs> they lived up to the expectations. Like we had nobody over six seven. We had no real scorers except for Kevin Punter, who we lost. He was one of the best scorers in the SEC. I would even say top ten score in the country. We lost him for half the season. Rick Barnes, I, I think like he him. did a great job. I, I think, think he, he did I think too. He did. As crazy as Your it coach. is to sit back with the losing record and say, I think he did well. I think he did well with what he had. We'll see. This is a yeah. long term rebuilding project. So for now, we're watching March Madness and even in the NIT at home on our couches. Okay. I think if you just told any Tennessee fan you're gonna beat Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and LSU exactly this year, right. they'd be like, We don't care what our and, record is. Yep, in Florida. And we really beat Florida, so you know, we're, we're happy. We're hurting I, and we're happy. Same I like time. that. I like that. And Tennessee's got a bright future. Um, we're we're going to try to wrap it up real quick here. Um, but I wanted to hit our producer over here, Cody, who's he's a big Baylor guy. Mm-hmm. What's our ceiling for Baylor? Speak up now because we want to hear you. Oh, man, I don't know. I've got him. No, I actually switched this after talking to you. This oh, <laughs> he had him fall into Duke, but I, I convinced him otherwise. I usually pick him fall into whoever – like usually in the Sweet 16, just so I'll win either way. You know, like if Baylor wins, I'm happy, even though my bracket got busted. But if Baylor loses, that sucks, but I picked the right one, you know. So it's kind of, you know, I'm yeah, it's a, my bets. Hedging your bets. Well, yeah. we know you're good at that. I love uh, to hedge bets. Man. Cody and I just uh, came back from the Bahamas, and he is a <laughs> he's a bet hedger if I've ever met one. Okay, we're going to do Final Fours real quick. Combs, give me your Final Four, and then go ahead – do it. Give me your national champion. Kansas, Oregon, Kentucky, Michigan State. For my national title, I don't hedge many bets when it comes to I'm either going to be really happy or really sad. <laughs> no, so, you didn't. Uh, so I'm in Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Not that. I did. I'm the only one eliminating bias right. in this pocket. Are we going to do well, this? I could okay. lie right I'm, now I'm not eliminating bias in the podcast, podcast but that's oh, wait, what I, I did on my bracket. Okay. You're you're full of it, Combs. That's what I did. We might wow. not invite you back. Um, wow. Just In three weeks when we do a wrap up. There's got to be. <laughs> we're singing one shot. There's got to be some <laughs> sort of penalty. There has to be some sort of penalty for this kind of behavior. Yeah. All right. Josh, Josh, hit me with this. Believe what's, it or not, in the final, final four, I, I really do believe in Calipari. I think they're just excellent come tourney time. You can't underestimate them. I think we'll see Kentucky. I think we'll see Michigan State, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Yikes. I'm going with. I'm going with. Kansas, I, they just are so solid, so well coached. How many Big Twelve titles can they win in a row? They're I, gonna hit triple digits at some point. I'm gonna throw up when I think about that too. That's <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Kansas. I, that's it's a, a great pick. pick. It is, it's a safe pick. Um, There's a reason it's a safe pick. No surprises here. Josh and I, same Final Four. I had to go with UK. I think they're gonna make it out. I I think they're gonna beat North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Michigan State, Kansas, and then Oklahoma Buddy coming Hill. out. You got to go with him. I feel like he's going to turn it on. He's got – oh, I just – I want to see him do well. I want to see him do well. I've got a championship Oklahoma-Michigan State because – Oklahoma. Because, because oh, yeah. Kansas has been beating Oklahoma with like – just like a stepchild, just smacking them around. Even in the overtime, that was just like so – it was heartbreaking. Right. Buddy has a chip on his shoulder against Kansas. I think he wins that game, but I think Michigan wow. State – wins the championship. I, I want to see that 
for, I mean, those are the, for Izzo. And, and that would be a fun you final four to watch. Izzo, Kansas, man. Yeah. No one's surprised if State wins it. Uh, Cody, Cody, our producer, who, what's he What's he got on, on uh, Final Four? Hit, hit us with your champ. Yep. Come on. Uh, I've actually got to look it up. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Come on. What is this? Look, well, he's, been, he's, been <laughs> he's been busy producing. He's been producing so many different podcasts. Um, I've got in the Final Four Kansas. Mm-hmm. Is that you? Yeah, yeah. I've got Kansas for oh, sure. Oklahoma Me too. Me too. Well. Yep. 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 Um, I got UNC Ooh. running it all the way to the top. We can only hope. Not all the way to the tippy to the top. tippy top, but they're going to be kind of around the top. And I got Michigan State um, going to the final four. I got the championship between Oklahoma State and Michigan State as well. But because of Buddy, I've got OU winning. OU winning it. I love it. I love it. And wow. I, that would be what a That'd story. Be huge. That'd be such a that good story. I think he'd that. go in the top five if if he won the national championship. You'd have to like feel that Kimba Walker Shabazz Napier vibe. And oh, like, absolutely. This guy, he's Kimba Walker's time. a great call there. Yeah, I mean, he's a winner. You We've want a winner. That. And Walker's and guess what? That translates. Walker yeah, is slowly what? coming to life in the NBA. And in off years in college basketball, we got to go. But I have to make this last point. In off years, it's the guards that make the difference. You you talk about those two UConn teams like. We didn't really know who was going to win those Absolutely. years. Like, and, and that's kind of how I feel about this. But And this is an off year. Guess is, what? Oh, it's been so strange. This, this bracket is yeah. so weird. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been It City Podcast. Um, we talked about March Madness. We had a good time. Um, we'll be back. This was our first episode ever. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.